Choosing a piece of farm equipment, especially a tractor, can be a big decision, not least because of the color of the paint. But are farmers as happy with their equipment as they seem? That's today on Field Posts. podcast by DTN Progressive Farmer that dives deeper into the most important trends in agriculture to explore the business's cutting edge. I'm your host, Sarah Mock. Despite the significant expense of buying a tractor, finding and comparing information about farmer experiences with them can be difficult. DTN's Reader Insights is changing that. With more than 2,000 farmers surveyed from all across the country offering feedback on more than 7,000 tractors, we're digging into both the data and some personal stories on how happy farmers are with their equipment, what producers care about when they're choosing a new tractor, and whether brand loyalty to paint color runs as deep as it seems in the heartland. But first, a word from our sponsor. This episode of Field Post is brought to you by DTN Ag Marketplace. Marketing is a year-round business, but it's not your only job, especially this time of year. As you focus on field work, Monitor your opportunities and easily make an offer with help from the newly enhanced free DTN Ag Marketplace app. DTN Ag Marketplace facilitates end-to-end grain sales on your schedule. From your smartphone or mobile device, you can easily connect to local agribusinesses to view current cash bids and futures to sell your grain. Need more accountability in your marketing program? The app lets you set goals and monitor progress as well as enter and track inventory. Confidently market your crops with DTN Ag Marketplace. Download it today for free on the Apple Store. Now, back to the show. DTN Senior Editor Dan Miller has been talking to farmers about tractors. Those conversations, coupled with the thousands of responses from DTN's Reader Insight Survey, helped him illustrate a national picture of what farmers really think about their big iron. Dan, why is DTN Progressive Farmer digging into these topics? What's the motivation here? There isn't really a lot of good consumer farmer information about uh, farm equipment, where they rate it and where they judge it and where they tell other people about it. So that was kind of the, the nugget at the beginning of this of this project. Why tractors first? How did you guys decide like what equipment to start with? Well, well, sir, we put together a, a list of equipment uh, that we wanted to survey over the next couple of years. And tractors seemed like the most common piece of equipment among farmers and ranchers. It was a good way it was a good way to to kind of get the the uh, reader insights concept out to them and also for us to to test the concept of it and tractors tractors are so common uh they they they're available in a whole range of horsepowers you know from small to very large and so we thought it would be a good way to start do you expect tractors to be either because of how widely used they are on different types of operations or because of the way that farmers think about them um or do you expect that the insights for tractors will be significantly different than the insights about say combines or planters or sprayers? Um, that's hard to say. We do, I, I can say we, we have a, we have a, a surveys out in the field now, one on planters and one on combines uh, that we'll be getting back uh, data by mid summer. Um, um, I would think because tractors are more common, 
um, we're, we're going to see a good result. We're going to see a good result across, you know, across all models and all sizes. I think with with combines and and planters, those are those are pieces of equipment that are a little bit more complicated. Um, I don't think there's as many of them. There isn't as many of them, uh, and especially combines as compared to tractors. So I, you know, we may not see quite as many returns, but certainly we expect uh, to get some good results back from the surveys. Uh, we think uh, um, that that these are important pieces of equipment um, for for the farm, and with with tractors, planters, and combines, we'll we'll essentially have a good chunk of the market already surveyed. Well, I want to dive into to this part of the report. What do you think was the most interesting or kind of important insights from from this tractor survey? I think what what excited us most was uh, was you know you don't know when you put out a survey are you going to get the returns you expect or not and boy we did we got back almost two thousand returns uh, from farmers they were rating I think it was about three and a half tractors each uh, on average so we 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 went from zero data on tractors uh, uh, to uh, data on over seven thousand tractors and 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 all and all uh, uh, horsepower categories so that was pretty exciting for us. I, I, I don't want to say we didn't expect it, but I'd be I'd be lying to you to say that you know this is exactly what we expected to get too. So I really think the two things out of here that when we talk quite a bit about them are are you know whether you know whether farmers would buy this equipment again, um, the same tractor again, and, and most of them would more than fifty percent would, but there's an opportunity there for other manufacturers because you know there's forty percent or so that you know would would be willing to consider. Uh, buying another brand, um, so that's that was an interesting thing, and but the the dealership, uh, the dealer relationship is something that that really popped out for me anyway. Was that um, that how critical that is into making the sale? That the that the, the manufacturers, you know, the John Deere's and 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 Agco's and 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 cases and and all those, they can go out and you know do all the do all the marketing and advertising they want to do, but it really is going to come down to what that uh, dealership can do can do for the farmer. Yeah, so not even as much about brand loyalty as it is about like a personal relationship. I think so. Yeah, in, in a personal relationship where you see the guy, you know, you see the guy in the coffee shop every day. You know, maybe you see him in church or whatever, and and so yeah, it's it's a very personal relationship. But I think um, I think the ability to get out in service. I was I was talking to a man yesterday at Purdue University, and we we're we we're talking about how. The COVID-19 is kind of just changing things out in rural areas too, in terms of relationships and how work gets done and all that. And he was talking about uh, that uh, dealerships, there were dealerships he was being told that were telling farmers that if we come out to repair your tractor, you can't be there. And and it's just a different way of doing business that's not, I don't think that's a good way of doing business for anybody. Nobody's happy with that. But, you know, it just, it, it, it shows how important that that dealer network is for farmers, and and when it gets when it gets broken or when it gets impaired because of something like the COVID nineteen, you know it, it it can cause a lot of it can cause a lot of problems and cause a lot of issues, you know, hurt feelings and, and and all that. So, yeah, it's so interesting because you know farmers swearing by the color of their machines is is kind of a staple. Um, almost a, a cliche and ag at this point. Did the survey kind of bear out the kind of brand loyalty that you expected? So, the way we rated tractors was five was an overall was it was a highly satisfied with the tractor rating. There was one to five, five being the highest highest, and more than half of the uh, tractors rated received that rating. So that's something you would expect. I mean, farmers are attached, like you say, to 
to their brand, to the green, the red, whatever, the orange, the other colors. Um, but at the same time, this also says there's, you know, 40% roughly, maybe a little bit more, aren't necessarily attached to their brands, um, that they're willing to go out and look at other things. So we think, we think for the OEMs, for the manufacturers, that that's an interesting number for them. Did the survey offer any insight as to what those, you know, if you're giving four or fewer stars for your equipment on what is not meeting your expectations or exceeding your expectations for that equipment? Yes. Yeah, they did. And and I think one that one that popped up uh, was um, of the tractors evaluated, only 20 percent received a five highest rating for technology, which meant that everything else was below that. And, you know, we would get uh, comments back from farmers that um, I can give you a couple here. It says too many, too many classes on tractor technology end up being sales pitches. This one guy said, he goes, he goes, I need YouTube like classes um, that'll walk me through the system. If I can see it, I can do it. Um, another one said the service techs are often stumped and with very high labor uh, costs, it's too expensive to own a late model tractor. So what they're saying here is, is they're not necessarily satisfied with the technology and you know, Tractors are just full of technology, um, um, so they're not necessarily satisfied with with what they're getting and what they're buying. How important is the dealer where you buy your your piece of equipment in this whole equation? Dealer is hugely important. Uh, we found is that I think it was about it, it was about three quarters of the tractors purchased were because of the dealer. So that meant that that when somebody was going out to buy a tractor and they made they made the purchase. It was because they had a good relationship with the dealer. Um, not only not only a good relationship of purchasing the equipment, but um, also a good relationship in terms of, of service and parts too. So it's 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 something that can't be overstated. I don't think is the 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 the, the uh, link between the dealer and and the farmer is 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 just crucial. Is there anything in this in the data here that? kind of surprised you or that, you know, didn't seem to jive with with either conversations you've had with farmers or, or just your experience on the ground? Is there anything that kind of came out of left field? I think, I, I guess, you know, it goes back to, to loyalty to color and, and, to, and to, to, to the manufacturer. But um, we, we did get a number here that a, a good bit more than half of the, the, the tractors rated um, that, that the, the owners would repurchase these tractors again. So I think overall, that's a you know that's a good number, but again, as as in the other ones, you've you've got about twenty to thirty percent that are less than five um, um, that you know may or may not purchase again from the manufacturer. Um, some of this probably has to do with because this this survey uh, uh, looked at all ranges of, of of horsepower and tractors. Some of these might be uh, folks that buy smaller tractors and are more price conscious than they are uh, um, loyal to loyal to the brand, but. But it does show. I think it shows here for 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 um, for the manufacturers and for the dealers. I think it shows that there's opportunity out here. That perhaps the idea that farmers are are just you know welded to to the color to the brand that that maybe that isn't entirely true. Do you think people are becoming pickier because there are more options, or do you think there's more options because people are pickier? Any kind of visibility on on um you know, whether that satisfaction is, is in any way related to just there's, there seems to be more and more kind of options in the space. Yeah, it, it depends on where you farm, of course. And, and, you know, some places where they farm, you know, there's just not that many dealerships around. 
Um, um, so, you know, maybe, maybe they're limited, but maybe they don't care either, um, um, you know, the, that they're limited. I, I talked to one man in Virginia and, and he's surrounded by dealerships. He, he, he listed a whole, uh, had a whole long list of dealerships around him. Uh, but he was a, a John Deere, uh, owner for the most part, but it went back to the dealer. He just felt like he got, a, you know, he had a good connection with the dealer. Um, he said the service was critical in his mind. He said that was half the sale was the service. And then parts, he said, he says, I can't function on backordered parts. And so he felt like that was important. But on the other hand, um, he bought a, a Kubota tractor for a very specific piece of his operation. He has some chicken houses and that tractor functioned well, uh, you know, with that part of his business. So he bought that tractor uh, um, to, 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 do the work that he needed done in that, in that, inside that chicken operation. So, you know, he, his point was, yes, I'm loyal to John Deere, but if I need to plug in a, a different model, a different use because it's a different size or has different capabilities or whatever, that that's important to him too, he will go and shop around. Do you think that having this information more publicly available could, you know, improve the, the options available for, for farmers when they're shopping for equipment? Yeah, honest, honest, sir. I, I, Sarah, I, I feel like I would be making a reach there to say that you know because a dealer does A, B, or C, or a manufacturer offers certain incentives that they might turn a significant part of the market to them toward them. I don't, I don't know. I, I, I don't know if I even feel qualified to talk about that. But what, what, what is obvious from the survey is is that dealers, dealers are critical, that service is critical. And, and, and that's not anything we have to get in the survey. Just talk to any farmer for five minutes and, and, and they'll talk about whether they have good service or not good service. I mean, and um, so that all is critical that, 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 that those parts are available. One thing I, I, I did some stories earlier in this COVID-19 uh, 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 event that we're all living through. And I talked with some of the manufacturers and it was interesting to me as well, they were doing everything they could to keep their factories working and the lines working. Um, some of them had lost their European manufacturing capabilities and things like that. But the one thing they were working on was parts is maintaining and sourcing parts is that they felt like that if nothing else, they could get through the spring here with their customers. If they could, if they could deliver the service and parts, uh, I'm not saying that they weren't concerned about delivering new equipment, but those, those two things, service and parts were just critical for them. How important is like horsepower, just like, you know, kind of the the stats of the equipment itself in terms of in terms of work to people when they're choosing or, or keeping their equipment? Well, it depends on the kind of work they're doing. So they'll, they'll, they'll buy the tractors, you know, to, to, to make it fit, um, to make it fit the work they're doing. Uh, we divided it up for this survey. We divided it up into your large field tractors, uh, 236 horsepower and above. And then the medium size was 100 horsepower to 235. And then the, the small tractors, what we, we're considering small tractors are less than 100 horsepower. So, and while there was, there was differences across that um, um, in terms of surveys returned on those tractors, we still got almost 1400 uh, surveys returned on tractors of, of the very largest tractors. So it's a very, very good sampling, really. It's a, it's a good sampling of what's out there. I wanna ask too about lifespan of this equipment and, and what the survey kind of said about that you know is there was there any interesting trends around how long folks are keeping their tractors and or how important resale is for for in the purchase equation 
over overall, um, about four percent of the tractors that we gathered data on uh, were 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 a year or less old, and then and then it kind of went up from there. Twenty two percent were one to five years old, and then at the end of forty eight percent, so almost half the tractors were more than ten years old. And we found that in the largest tractor segment, the very largest kind of the field, you know, those heavy duty field tractors, the, that those seem to get turned over a little bit uh, more often. And, and I guess that doesn't surprise us. Um, um, you know, the manufacturers offer incentives and programs, leasing programs and things like that, where the pieces of equipment get turned over fairly often. On the other hand, what we what we do glean from this anyway, is that, you know, tractors are built very, very well and that, um, you know, farmers aren't all that hesitant to, to hold on to them for a long time, especially I, I, I would guess, though I don't have the numbers in front of me, but I would guess it would be true that the older tractors, the older, smaller tractors are ones that, that, that get held on to the longest. And, the, you know, they, they perform specific functions and they do the job well and they're long paid for and parts are available. So they just they just keep cranking along. How how important a role did comfort kind of play in all of in in the survey as far as kind of the data yeah that's an interesting one you know you 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 i go to tractor introductions and things and 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 the manufacturers you know spend a lot of time on talking about the cab and the comfort in the cab um and and you know how how places are or or or, uh, uh the buttons and handles and all that or how they're positioned and things i think it was i talked to a a a deer engineer once and and to build their command arm, one form of their command arm or version of their command arm, they had talked to, I think he said 200 farmers to get the buttons exactly right, to get them exactly where they needed to be and made sense. So manufacturers put a good deal of work into, into uh, cab comfort and cab, you know, its usability. And on our survey, we found like 27% of tractors rated received a score of five for cab comfort. So only 27%, nine, nine gave their cabs uh, a rating of one or two. So um, it, 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 it was interesting to me, given the effort that, that the manufacturers put into their cabs, that there's still this feeling out there that maybe the cabs aren't as comfortable as they could be. Could you give us a kind of a little bit of a sneak peek or a look ahead? What is next for um, these kind of reader insight reports? What can folks look forward to in the next couple of months? Yeah, um, we have, uh, we're sending out just, a first, just the first of this month, uh, June, um, we're sending out two more surveys, uh, uh, one on combines and one on planters. And they go to different groups. They're all they're all pulled from our readership, but they're going to two different groups of, of readers. Um, and so we're we're kind of asking them the same things. We're going through, you know, what works, what doesn't work for you um, in times in terms of the combine. Uh, you know, what's the serviceability like? You know, what's the cab comfort like? All those things, just like we did uh, we did with the the combines and then the planters. Um, we're, we're trying to get an idea of what's out there, what size planters are out there and, um, um, you know, what, what people are using and, and what their, obviously their satisfaction level is with those, those machines. So, so, those, so, so those, um, we're, we're, I think those surveys, we closed down about the middle of, uh, middle of July, and then we will, um, um, we'll, we'll start releasing results on those in the fall. Um, the tractor survey, we're releasing the winners, the tractor winners, the companies, I should say, um, in our July issue of the magazine. Those will be coming out. We have we have nine different categories out of those um, out of those out of that tractor survey, and and we'll be announcing the winners in our July issue. 
then all those, the tractors, the combines, the planters, uh, we're going to present awards uh, for those manufacturers at our Ag Summit in Chicago in December. How would you think that this this kind of information could be useful for for farmers? It's not available anywhere else. This is this is unique information. Um, this is this is something that you know that we we've put together with uh, uh, the company out of uh, SoCal, out of California, um, and 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 so it's a very uh, a, a very good detailed survey that's never been done before. And how farmers can use it, um, they can they can use the stories that we're writing about it to compare equipment. Look, farmers. You know, when when uh, um, all we're doing is piggybacking on what they do anyway. And when a farmer's going to go out and buy a tractor, he talks to his neighbors. You know, what do you think of this tractor? What do you think of that one? And that's what all this survey is doing is kind of picking up on something that's been going out in the country forever. And and we're giving them information just that, that they can use to kind of add add to the add to the information that they're they're looking for when they make a purchase. If you would like to provide feedback on your planters or combines for upcoming Reader Insight surveys, please visit spotlights.dtnpf.com backslash Reader Insights. The survey closes on July 10th. This episode of Field Post was brought to you by the team at DTN Progressive Farmer, with special thanks to Dan Miller. This episode was produced and edited by me, Sarah Mock, with support by Greg Hillier, Kylie Swanson, and Marie Annexted. And a big thanks to all of you for listening. If you like the show, please rate, review, and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. And check back in next week for episode 8 of Field Posts. Until then, remember, the future of farming is here. This episode is brought to you by DTN Haytimer. Hay and forage quality isn't just about yield. It also relies on the perfect weather window to ensure a good crop. Use DTN Hay Timer, part of MyDTN, to quickly assess risk by viewing maps specifically designed to show circumstances affecting hay quality. Pennsylvania producer David Graybill said, Other weather forecasts were not accurate enough. As DTN Hay Timer shows, it takes the right combination of drying to preserve the crop. I would guess we lost three to four times the value in crops that it would have cost us to keep our DTN subscription for the year.